When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Space The final frontier These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise Its continuing mission To explore strange new worlds To seek out new life and new civilizations To boldly go where no one has gone before Welcome to Treks in the City. We're so excited to be here. Yes, we are. My name um, is Veronica Osorio, as you guys maybe know. And the other one is me. Alice. Alice I'm the other one. You know, I'm the other one. And today we have a very special guest. Um, a world-renowned a world renowned actor and musician. Um, you might know him from the f- greatest show ever made. Resident Alien, um, but he was also in Dead Man and Ghost Dog and Smoke Signals and so many movies. Um, and he also plays music, and he's great. Please welcome Gary Farmer, everybody. Hi. I don't know if Hi. you can hear the applause, but they're really excited to have you. I'm uh, glad to see Veronica's back. You know, the one I listened to, Veronica was not well, or mom's not well. How's, how's mom doing, Veronica? Mom's great. Well, she was good. It's just, uh, she was, she happened to move to Austin just for the storm. <laughs> <laughs> so good for her. Yeah. she was freaking, she was freaking out that entire week. She was like, I'm so upset, you know, she's in her 60s now and and she finally made a move across the country for the first time to like go seek her destiny and because she believed in herself. And mm. suddenly she moved there and then Texas became frozen and she was like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. Also, she was with her mom and her sister and I think they were driving her nuts. I think she regressed to her childhood. Uh, and she was pretty upset about it. So I went and helped her move again. Uh, now, yeah. Is she still now in everything's Austin? Good. Yeah, she stayed in Austin. It's just her, her building pipes mm. became, became trash. Uh, so, you know, she just had a double move at age 60, just real quick. Um, which is funny because now I'm moving, which is why I'm echoey. Thank you for asking, Gary. You know, I'm, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Gary, because I don't ask about people's lives enough. Alice asked me. She texted me about it. It was nice. I know, but on air. And the listeners want to know. Yeah. Yeah. The listeners want to um, know how you're doing. And how yeah, long. you made such a big deal of it last time, Alice. So Yeah, I make a big deal out of it when you're not here. <laughs> Very considerate of you when you're gone. <laughs> I understand. um i'm excited about this episode and i'm excited to know how you're doing gary how are you doing how well i just moved as well um oh i'm in my new man cave which i uh i epoxied the floor uh uh, did you know about epoxy epoxy is big now it is i know epoxy yeah i don't know why is it big i only Uh, used it to build juggling equipment oh really yeah you can do counters you can do anything you can epoxy your mate you know the boyfriend that's not working out <laughs> I guess. oh my god that's a it's a form idea. of stasis yeah i would like some stasis for this one i live in a stam house have you ever heard of those it was a guy who built these houses out here and uh, I live right near where the japanese were interned here in the u.s maybe a stone's throw from where they were 
encamped here. Now, the fellow I bought or ended up uh, who owned the house before me was a captive during the World War II in Japan as a prisoner for three years. And of course, he comes home and the Japanese are interned up the hills. So that's, I thought that was a really interesting story when I. Is it a stand house? Stam. Stam. S-T-A-M-N. I needed to do a Google. So these are your classic, uh, maybe Arizona, right? I'm not sure. Houses. He was here for a while and did a lot of houses. And then I'm, I, I didn't look up his history. But there's a pool just up the street that seems like it's never been used. And he built that. So I can't wait to get on the committee to make that happen. But... Um, what you call him just lives the street next to me. Uh, um, oh, God. I should have wrote it down. You know, she was in Longmire, and now she's in this series called uh, Precious Gemstones. Or oh, um, Gemstones. Uh, with, uh, oh, Righteous Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones. I mean, isn't that show like something? Have you watched that one? Oh, yeah. It's really funny. I watched the first... I think two episodes and I was, I was just cracking up with that. I know. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. That guy's it's, pretty smart. Uh, McBride, Danny McBride should be a guest. I like Danny McBride. He, I like, he keeps asking to be on this show, but we just oh, does he? on space. Well, let him on. Let him on. No, I don't know. Call him up. Uh, Let's call him up. I don't, I don't, I don't if know. He has, uh, we can call if him. If he has enough going on. <laughs> We can call him really. Yeah, they're shooting now. Uh, my new friend is busy. She she plays the wife to Danny. Um, the lady who oh was on God. Eastbound and Down mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. she's really. Wait, funny. I don't know. Oh, you the wife. Oh, we're getting a call. Can you hear yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, somebody's going to tell us oh, who boy. it is. Oh. Hello. It's Danny McBride. Hi, Danny. Come in. Hey, is this is Gary. Yeah. Gary Farmer, right? Yeah, I like your show, man. Oh, hey, man. Thanks, dude. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty pretty good to have. You know, I've uh, been trying to get on this show, Treks in the City, but uh, they won't have me. Well, you got to have a weird episode like mine to get on this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kept getting normal, episode, normal episodes, so probably probably. No, no. My hey, is favorite. Veronica there? Yeah, hello. Hey, Veronica, text me back, cutie. <laughs> I will. Sorry, I've been busy. You know how uh, I, I I feel you. How's your mom? Oh, she's great. <laughs> she's now she's now happy with her move and just right, well, everything's running smoothly. Thank you. Tell her I didn't forget her. Okay. Okay, I will. All right, gotta go. All right, bye. Thanks, Daddy. Thanks for coming. Did up. he call? I was in the bathroom. Yeah, he called. Talked about it. It's you. weird that every time Danny calls, <laughs> you're in the bathroom. Well, I have it's this weird diarrhea. <laughs> Did you know that uh, Danny and my mom uh, dated briefly? <laughs> oh, they did. Yeah, it was brief, but he's too young for her. But yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Your mom. That's why he was. That's why he was saying hi to my mom. You know, mm. a little yeah. awkward. Yeah, I understand. My that mom did end awkward. It. He peed the bed a little, like one too many times. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's what happens when you get old. Yeah, yeah man. Just, and when it you're just young happens. Too. <laughs> oh, Cassidy Freeman. Yeah, Everett. Cassidy. She lives just uh, across the street. Thank, Thank you, Skylar, for the intel. Skylar is our producer. If you ever need a name Googled, you can just well, it took him a while. into the ether. I know. So, <laughs> well, he also has he, other, other jobs. Oh, I see. He's Googling with his two hands and his two feet. Just four different things. Yeah. Uh, Gary, so we want to ask you, and we ask every guest the same question, but what is your background in terms of Star Trek? Do you, have you watched Star Trek? Are you a fan? Are you uh, a, a, non, a non-fan? Familiar? No, when I was younger, I think I came across it quite a bit. And, and then the captain, he's from Canada, I think. Isn't he the original Star Trek guy? Um, um, you mean Shatner? Shatner. Yeah, he seems kind of weird now, but. Yeah. <laughs> it was rumored that he murdered his wife. You know, like Robert Blake? 
I don't know about Robert I don't know. Blake, but what tell us about Robert Blake? Robert yeah, Blake. What is Robert Blake's story? I don't know. I, I remember the first time I ever did, and probably one of the last times that I really remember. I was in college, and we went to see this movie called Electroglide in Blue. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie? And I had uh, done Electroglide in Blue. I had done window pane acid, <laughs> which was not a good thing to do, really, no. I don't think. Electric I think the light Academy, was in more than just blue. The Academy Awards were on that night, too. Oh, and yeah. I, uh, I was at a university, Syracuse University, and I had all these cool roommates, and we went to see Electric Light in Blue on so acid. This was like last year, right? Uh, 2018? No, yeah, this is like 1973, maybe, two. Yeah, he hasn't said his age, so we don't really know how old Gary is. The same year that they made the last movie. Have you ever seen that? Oh, my God. The last movie or the last picture show? No, the last, the last movie. movie. Okay. It was a film Dennis Hopper directed, <laughs> and he had this crazy idea, and they shot it in Peru. And then he disappeared for nine years. Dennis uh, Hopper did? Yeah, from Hollywood, because everyone badmouthed him for making the movie. And it's a fascinating story. We got him on our show this week. Gary, you got me Googling. And yeah, I'm Gary so will pumped have you about Google. this. Uh, you got me Googling, and I'm really thrilled to know about the last movie. I want to know all about this. I know. But I want to know. Wait, wait. I want to know about the, your university. You, you should wanna... have been in that movie, the last movie. Verona, if we remake that film, you should be in it. Thank Eventually, you. the laws of thermodynamics mean that we'll remake everything. Yeah. The Hollywood thermodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> we will call our wait, first Wait, Gary movie. was in, in the middle of a, like a windowpane trip. And he found out about some murder. Like, I need but to. But that's know what did it was the Academy Awards. You can't, like, just go into yourself on acid. Mm. And I was watching the Academy Awards. Mm. And I just stayed too long there. And, and then I, I lost her. But uh, that's tough stuff. Window pane acid in the day, you know. I'm sure everything's been modified some. But oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, everything's the sign. No, you probably only still find drugs. that original stuff on eBay or something. I mean, I don't know if they eBay it. I don't know if they yeah. eBay acid yet. Yet. But if I'm elected, eBay will Of course, have I later acid. worked with a playwright who was like the acid king. He was brilliant. Mm. Yeah, I loved him. Michael Hollingsworth wrote. The, he retold the history of Canada like Punch and Judy or Monty mm. Python. I have heard of Michael Hollingsworth. Yeah, he's great to catch. Have you read that book, uh, Changing Your Mind, the Michael Pollan book about acid and about psychedelics? Yeah. And their use in... Well, they help a lot, the therapy, I think. Various applications, yeah. But it it got so war on drugs that everyone suppressed a lot of things. Well, you couldn't even smoke pot, right? That was bad to... It was bad. But Robert Mitchum, so, he was a big pothead, right? Robert Mitchum was like heavy into pot. And he admitted it and lived his life by it. A number of others, you know, intoxicants too. Is but, Robert Mitchum, is he um, an actor? or? <laughs> yeah, he was an old school actor. I did his last movie in Dead Man. He, he appears in Dead Man. He does. Yeah, he does. That's his last uh, effort. I saw Dead Man with my parents. And we watched it in our living room um, and rented it from a rental place when you used to have to rent things. And I think after that, Gary, we bought it. No kidding. Because it was so good. Yeah, that's cool. It's it's on, uh, it's on, what do you call them now? You know, the folks where the museum of sex is in New York. Do you know where that is? Um, Have you ever been there? Madison Square. Yeah, like kind of like. It is near a little square, around Twenty Third or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. I Madison like that or... place. There's a little boutique hotel right next to the Museum of Sex. That's my favorite place to stay. It's not Union Square, Skyler, but it's like it's, it's. I this, think it. The Criterion Collection. That's what I'm trying to think of. It's Criterion. Ooh. You're in the Criterion Collection. Well, Dead Man is, but uh, we did. Yeah, but a, you're basically in it. 
No, he's in his house, and that man is in the Criterion Collection. And no, then I when understand you get in the Criterion house. Collection, you get to go one time to their library and take any film that they have off the shelf. They let it's, you alone in the shelf room with all the stuff. And so you get to remo- remove something from the Criterion Collection? Yeah, you get to steal anything full. you want. For You get like a five-minute shopping spree in the Criterion Collection. I love the Criterion Collection. Well, that's me. So I, could, I would sneak in Clueless or something. I yeah, I, I just took some of my favorites, and, and I don't even have just take a, another, movie. Oh, a movie. So I can't even watch most of them. But mm. yeah, and now there's just there's now just the app. There's the Criterion Collection. You can subscribe to it and watch movies. You think they'd give it to me for free? Eh? Yeah. yeah, that's where I they get to. So too. No. Gary, tell us about about Shatner and your Star Trek journey. I want to know more. I want to know what as a boy. You know, Doctor Spock was the guy. You know, he was cool. But he's Shatner still, he's still was the guy. Shatner was like the guy we watched. He was. He had a bigger heart. Shatner was kind of cold, I guess, from people I've talked to. He, he was very, uh, you know, at least this guy kind of. The new guy, what's his Picard. name? Picard. Yeah. Patrick the new guy Stewart. from 30 he years ago. You have a little bit more sensitivity toward the rest of the space world than Shatner yeah. did. Yeah. But thank God for Spock because he was the logic. So I guess that's why Shatner was. Who's the guy all with the white face? Who's he supposed Data. to Data. Who? Data. Does he replace Spock? In a way, he, you know, yeah. He's a pale comparison, if you ask me. Who Ooh, is that guy? Shots Ooh, that's fired. good. That's good. Uh, that's Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner, and he... He needs to slap that guy. We need to slap that guy up. Oh, my bit. God, Gary. This... <laughs> These are hot takes. The I don't have, is... like, a sound effect for this. I need to get a sound effect for this. Wake Data's up. Uh, Android. Yo. Are those um, guys good? There's a record scratch. That'll work. <laughs> oh, how about this? I mean, they just needed someone. Him. Scratch him up. Wow. There you go. Gary just said it. He said what it is. My um, best story, just, though, on the episode, yes. I got to tell you. Yeah, let's hear right. it, because I know you have stories about the people in this episode. Well, Ned Romero, right? Okay. So, you know, when we first talked, I thought, well, Ned's he's not a native guy, right? Like, right. In fact, I, Ned you know, plays, I did the research. I'll... Uh, we should describe the what the main, episode is. Oh, okay. Guy, the the main long haired guy who seems really kind of the spiritual leader or something. The oh, elder of Ned the Romero is Anthuara. Okay, before we go into this story, because I do. Now he hear was it. also in the first <laughs> round too, right? Excuse me for interrupting. Um, he was in the original Star Trek too as Anthuara, but he doesn't come back on Anthuara as this episode where meant to watch yeah he's he appeared in the Star Trek original series and then tng and then he appears as chakotay's uh grandpa in voyager dang right he can't he can't he can't stay away so this let's describe this episode real yes. quick i'm really excited about it it's one of my favorites so far actually yeah uh it's very spiritual i don't hate this episode at all and i thought i would because i I hadn't seen it before, so I was like, I've seen all the great ones, but I loved it, actually. So it's uh, season seven, episode 20, Journey's End. Yes. And the Netflix synopsis, the Cardassians grant the Federation access to Dorvan 5, where Captain Picard must relocate the Native American Indians who have migrated there. Did you say the the Cardassians? The Cardassians. (laughs) The Cardassians. Makes sense that the Kardashians would do that. I know, right? Hello. They have so Hello. much in common. Who's the mean, la- mean white lady at the top of the show that tells uh, Picard the orders? You know, she's she's, oh, she's the, relentless. Uh, the she's admiral. Her. She's the she's admiral. Uh, they've had several encounters where she asked Picard to do just the darnest things, and Picard has no option but to follow her, and they've had a lot of you know, um, spats in the past and, and they haven't time, gotten along. They haven't gotten along. And then now this time she asks Picard 
is in this our, our A storyline is that she asked Picard to remove uh, some Native Americans or original people, yeah. set, settlers in this new planet that they've colonized. Yeah, yeah. After what's they've new? been, what's new? They've, I know. And so Picard is like, "Hey, Admiral, I don't know if you remember. There's a pretty tricky history with this, and we shouldn't be doing this." And the Admiral's like, "I know, but this planet is now." in enemy territory and the enemies are going to endanger these people. So we need to actually remove them. And if they say no, we will forcibly remove them. And Picard is in this, uh, against a rock and a hard place when he's like, if he doesn't remove them from that planet, the Cardassians may do worse things to them, but it's forcibly removing a native tribe from where they've settled after 200 years of finding no peace. So, you know, the mom's really weird, isn't she? She's at first, I thought she Beverly was the Crusher. kid's lover. I know because she kissed him on the lips, but she's got trouble. Like she wouldn't get on with the COVID era now. He's yeah, always watch. like up in your face, right? Like mom? This is- <laughs> if so, you may have to call security. <laughs> this is true. Welcome back, Wes. Thanks. So how's life at the Academy? It's great. Oh, it stopped on me. Oh. It stopped on all of us. We've got a loading issue. We've got, we've, we're at 99% and holding. All right. Well, basically what happens is Wesley comes aboard the ship and he's in a bad mood. He's on his period and everybody is, hey, Wesley. Hey, Wesley. Welcome back. Let me show you things. Let me show you the warp For context, Wesley is a character who was on season one and two quite a bit because he's Wesley's, I mean, he's Crusher's son. Probably until And he was like the cute three. kid on the ship and he was sort of a prodigy. So he would like help solve problems all the time. Like they would get we into saw him, really bit. Yeah, we saw him grow on screen. We saw yeah. him grow up. Like he's a child genius. He he's basically should be in the bridge of the ship, even really though he hasn't gone through the academy at all. Excessive amounts of help from this child. And then but everybody was like always like, be quiet, you know, because he's annoying. So essentially he goes away to the academy and then everybody's so excited to see him when he comes back. And then he's just like, I'm a teenager, he's but he's not. He's, he's your regular older kid grew up thing. And then, but, um, but turns out, turns out the first episode of this entire show, uh, Beverly Crusher comes on board as a main doctor with her young child. And she has just lost her husband and, or no, she lost her husband when Wesley was a baby and, and Beverly needs it. He needs it bad. Oh my God. I know. Gary. (laughs) (laughs) But I do you disagree? Could, can you disagree? That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> um, and so Beverly Wesley has been this like Captain Picard is this kind of father figure, and he kind of was so smart. He ended up being in the bridge and doing a lot of academy, like a lot of um thing like military things. And yeah. that's just the track he was on. And early on the episodes, there's the traveler character who comes on board and says. That Wesley's quite special and he's meant to do something big in his life, but different. And so in this episode, we see the conclusion of Wesley's journey, which is why it's called Journey's End. Which is kind of cool because on this show, you don't always get a follow up from something that was seeded, you know. In season one? You know, seven or five seasons prior. So I, I, I like that payoff. But... You're saying, so the other, the A plot of this episode, though, is it the A plot? Is that yeah, the A. Uh, this Native American community on board, uh, Dar- which Darvon. They keep calling Indian. Clearly the show is like 30 years old or well, not, plus. I think it's, so anyway, okay, I'll get into that. Indians <laughs> Gary, don't Gary will get into that. called Indian, really, I don't know. It's everybody I, else has a problem. <laughs> it's everybody else. I appreciate what, that. But we don't want to be the Cleveland Indians. That's all, you know. Exactly. We, you know, this, this Cleveland be. Indian community <laughs> on board no, Darvok. I, I wanted to, uh, I was going to do a project, a documentary film once, where I was going to uh, redesign the Cleveland Indians uniforms for them and change the name and, and then just execute, you know, get Jim to dress up like, because he's from Cleveland, get him to dress up in the outfit and do a public relations campaign with the mayor. 
and do a press conference and just rename the team. And we give it to you for free, right? And then anyway. just for free, but just just don't don't use the old one anymore. Did you have a name? What's the name? I don't know. I never. Oh, got you a didn't come up with a name that yet. Far yet, you know. Cleveland. But I was going to get graphic designers involved, and, you know, Native What's, Americans, and get them to kind of figure it out. Right? It's Ohio, so there's like a lot of. Well, there's a lot of killing there what, in the day. There's because there's no reses left there. What happened to the people? Yeah, we got all like most of the states. I mean, Indiana outlawed outlawed natives. Indiana, right? They took the, the name like is Indian Indiana. with an A, right? And they outlawed Native Americans in like 1860 or 1840. And so that's had, still that's why there's no natives there. Eh? They outlawed them. I mean, well, that's the kind of stuff that went on here, you know. Yeah. For, Imagine outlawing uh, Native American. That's like. Ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's I mean, a like, lot of states did. You know, any Talk place about the quiet part out loud. There are no natives. They mm. basically outlawed or chased us or killed us. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy because it's some it's like a fictional concept that has so, such grave consequences. As if as if I said out, you disappear like now. Yeah. Like I, you like a fictional concept, but then it does have real consequences. So it's crazy. It's like a yeah. Um, it makes no sense. But these are the kind of parts we've had to do for a century, right? We got to, as actors, we got to get cast as these people to try and say, look, don't move us once again, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> after a hundred years of that, like, fuck you, you know, like. Right. So how did anyway. you feel about that? How did you feel about this episode in general? Like, is this, was this like, okay. Well, I'm having more fun watching the cast because. You know, those guys, I know those guys and I, yeah. I don't know Ned, but I looked him up, you know. So Ned is the character of the kind of main village elder that comes aboard the Enterprise and he's like, we're not moving. Um, he yeah, plays he's Antwara. got the white hair. And yeah. And he, so he's the lead, the village's, uh, I guess, uh, senior. So, so yeah, so Gary, he's like the senior. You don't and know then, Ned, but you looked him up. Yeah, I looked him up he's not fact. Well, he said he's Spanish and French. I always thought he was Spanish. He grew up in uh, in uh, Louisiana. Mm. Uh, I forget the exact town, but it's right near. Oh, it's Franklin, Louisiana. So then he says there on his IMDb, it says Chittimacha Indian roots. Hmm. Chittimacha is a tribe in Louisiana. So I actually look him up and I call him. And I call for the tribal chairman. I, I, I says option to get the tribal chairman. So, but I got the tribal chairman's assistant. And I said, hi, I'm Gary Farmer. You might know me from Powell Highway, but I'm an actor. And I'm calling about Ned Romero. Do you know Ned Romero? Is he from your community? And we started talking, blah, 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 blah. She says, no, but I, I don't know the Romero family. That's not a family name in our community. But I said, well, Franklin, is that near you? Oh, yeah, Franklin's uh, right near us. It's not part of the res or nothing, but uh, it's near us. So she says, let me give you to the enrollment officer, right? So everybody's at the office, I guess, and I get transferred to the enrollment officer. I said, Ned Romero, is he a, a, a member of your community who was born in such a such a date, 1926? He passed in 2017. God bless him. And she says, no, Ned Romero is not a member of our tribe. I said, well, if his mom was a member and then she married off to someone in Franklin, would she lose her, you know, status as a member of your tribe? No, she would not. Huh. So, you know, but Ned did say Chittimacha Indian roots. Now, if you look at his IMDb, he got 90 credits. He's got 90 credits, 75% of those credits, he played a Native American. And uh, so he, he just bought in and, and uh, he never really came back to the community. Uh, I've never even heard of the Chittimacha until today. So, you know, it goes to show you what I know, too, about certain tribes in this country. There's over 600, right? right. Yeah. So just in the U.S. there's 600, 600 in Canada, probably 800 in Mexico. But anyway. There you go. This quest is precious. I'm, this, I'm in awe at your quest 
for this is so it's, unique and new to me. It's to not. Hear. It's just detect. It, Gary, you could be a, a a private eye. No, I'm a journalist at heart. You really are. Film history is fascinating to me. I, I, I just, would really. Uh, I would really like to watch something where you do play a private eye, though. I love detective shows, so I want that. Yeah, I always wanted to be Columbo as a kid. Yeah, I, I would see, I see it really easy, very clearly. Let's yeah. reboot Columbo quickly. Romero, that sounds uh, Latin. American. Yeah, I think so. And French, uh, of course, from Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Louisiana is a, I mean, that's a real that's a real melting pot over yeah there. isn't it though yeah it's a real special spot for us here in america it really is we got to save it from the floods this is interesting to me because i i love i love this episode because i am highly spiritual person and i some something i've been doing this year and the last few years actually has been practicing Reverence, right? The art of finding everything sacred, the art of right, respecting everything, seeing how everything is, you know, uh, important. And but in episode, the show, Ned does a great job of that. He's yes. kind of precious. He's very precious. You know, he's, he's got great. that kind of godly feel to him. You know, he really does. And you don't feel and like by the by the beginning of the episode, just when the admiral comes in and tells Picard what they have to do and he just opposes, you know, that you don't want this to happen. Like you already are with the native people from the planet, the colonizers. You just know that you don't want this. But once you also meet the council and talk to them and hear them talk about how they see things, you're like, oh, this can't happen. This actually can't happen. And they did a great job at that. It, it was, it, I didn't feel, I want to get your opinion on it, but I didn't feel like it was like, those classic, like, oh, let's portray natives in a certain way thing. It just felt very, uh, I was moved by everything they said and the lines in the dialogue, and especially with uh, Wesley's journey, like his vision quest and all that explanation about Wesley being sacred. I, I thought that was like, I don't know. It touched me as a spiritual mm. person. I don't know how you guys felt about that. I'm curious to know if you've. Also, I think those are kind of hard lines to say. Well, as an actor, and just <laughs> yeah. and just make them sound like really good and be yeah. like, and scary. I don't know. As a non-native, but as a Star Trek watcher, I appreciate for once them acknowledging a people who have a spiritual, non-tangible relationship with where they live and like mm-hmm. making yeah. it something serious. Because every time before this, Gary, like... They'll have like <laughs> they'll have a colony on a planet or a, a even a people who grew up on the planet be like, oh, you got to move. And the people will be like, but we like the grass. And they're like, oh, they like the grass. It's so stupid. Well, we're already here. <laughs> and they're like, like, treat it so dumb because they're aliens. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, God, these people and they're obsessed with their grass. Yeah, and this then, was quite different. But because well, it's a uh, human species and it's native people who have a well-known Native American people have a well-known, generally cultural, like it's in the zeitgeist. We could already just buy into the idea that it's actually a serious thing. Well, I, I got to admit, I'm not a fan of the next generation uh, necessarily. But my girlfriend, uh, when we watched it, she thought, well, that's a pretty mature episode for for the next generation. Right. Uh, so we got you know, the girlfriend only, approval. Uh, me, I'm looking at George and say, man, there you are. You know, I haven't seen these. <laughs> George plays uh, um, Wakasa. Wakasa. So he's the one that's in the bright so good. outfit right next to Picard in the original first meeting when they all sit around. Okay, so table. I'm going to get to that scene right now. And Ned's at meet the everybody. top of the table right across from Picard. And... And Wakasa is right next to him. In the in to, the in the yellow. Yeah. Okay, so let me just George. share screen. Now George right is now an old is. buddy from Hollywood Indians time. Uh, by the way, George, when he stands up after they adjourned this first meeting, he was so sassy. I laughed so much at the way yeah. he stood up. He was like, "This oh, world, fuck. can you blame us for not wanting to give it up?" I understand and I respect your people's long journey. No. Okay, I'm going to try something else. 
because I understand what's happening. It's, now. it's there. It's there. Look, load it. But Maybe. then what I thought was great was that Ned at the end of the table brings up the Pueblo revolt. Right. From yes. 1680. <laughs> and that, Troy, that was brilliant. And the girl next to Picard, who's Troy. the girl next to she says, Oh yeah, I know about that. I thought that was and cool. she's which you is know. like she's an alien from a like she's from another planet. She, she Gary, does. she grew up on a different planet. So it's like yeah. ridiculous that she should know about that. percent of Americans don't know about the 1680 yeah. revolt. So they're all from another planet. She knows all about it. Four hundred so years great. she's four hundred years in the future. And she's like <laughs> but she's a psychologist, so maybe they studied as it maybe she studied it. Like, yeah, actually not in general, but maybe in preparation for this actual, you know, interaction, meeting. she studied it. It's possible that she, you know, looked into way. like, okay, well, the yeah. history is going to be hugely. I thought important she went to UCLA or something. <laughs> she's from she's from the planet of Betazoid. Um, uh, okay. All right, I can share the rest of this scene so now. Funny. I figured it out. I think. Okay. Long journey, but I believe that I can help you to find a new home. As you can see, there are three other planets in this sector that have environmental conditions similar to those here on Dorvan 5. They're all uninhabited and could be colonized immediately. And if none of these worlds meet with your approval, then we will find you other choices. You do not understand, Captain. The choice of this planet was not only because of environmental conditions. You don't understand, Romero. There were other more intangible concerns as well that shirt is great well what's great is that he, ned's kind of like well, i came here 20 years turn ago it down for you Ned, Go ahead, Gary. ned's become like um wait, the wait, other guy who was in the boat you know going down the river for pollution back in the day iron eyes cody so he's like another you know iron eyes may have had a little tribal affiliation at some point his son says he did but, you know, Ned's classic. Anyway, let's watch it. Okay. And Tuara, he's laughing at you. He thinks you're talking about old superstition That's and nonsense. This is not true. I have the deepest respect for your beliefs and the meaning that they hold for your people. Then you can respect the fact that this planet holds a deep spiritual significance for us. It has taken us two centuries to find this place. Hmm. We do not want to spend another 200 years searching for what we already have. Captain, I suggest we adjourn. Allow us all time to think about what's been said. Agreed. We will reconvene tomorrow. And in the meantime, I would like to invite you all to join us this evening on the Enterprise. Thank you. We look forward to it. Look at George, how he gets up. It's got to be the second customer. <laughs> they go on about the 1680 revolt. You're He's right, just like. Second meaning. I do. The way he got the way up, he got was up. pointed. Yeah. It was, it was like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. I like that so much. Oh, no, we lost Veronica. <laughs> um. So, Okay. I don't I don't want to talk about anything that Veronica's going to want to know about, but you know both uh, Robert, the guy who played, is that Rob was his name? George. George. And the person who plays the, is that, yeah, he's like the, he's like the, the ancestor, right? Well, he's the, the, the pretty boy that comes and influences, uh, the kid who doesn't know what's going on with his mom and and <laughs> the starship, you know, he doesn't he doesn't believe in them anymore. Or, and then he conjures like they conjure mm. his father, like in some yeah. ceremony. Now that guy, Tom Jackson, is his name, is an old old peer of mine, a friend, and um, the the dad. Uh, no, the guy who they conjure, and he does the ceremony for the for the starship kid. Oh. Who's lost, and they conjure the kid's dad. Yeah, and his dad tells him, right, whatever. Tell him go do the right thing. I guess he yeah, tells go, him Spike don't, Lee. Don't be you know? in, basically, don't be in Starfleet anymore because I was in Starfleet, and there's not room for the two of us. 
Yeah. He <laughs> conjures his dad like in some mystic kind of way. Yeah. And that's Tom. That guy's an old roommate of mine. Yeah. Worked with him through the 80s and 90s in the theater. And he's an old folk singer. I was trying to find his song, but I couldn't pull it off SoundCloud. He's got some old tunes on SoundCloud. I thought it'd be great to uh, pull in one, Tom Jackson. I feel but like he's there's... from the uh, One Arrow. I looked him up, One Arrow Res, and that's near Batoche, Saskatchewan, which is a very uh, spiritual place for a lot of Native people. Batoche, uh, beautiful up there. But yeah, I've known Tom forever. Tom Jackson. Oh, he's Canadian. Yeah. I was going to ask about Tom, who plays La Canta, and, and whether you liked, I really loved his performance. I really loved, um, I felt like I could trust yeah, him to he go was on very, a vision quest journey with him. He's one of those, like, he could be a captain of a ship, I feel like. He could oh, easily yeah. be. Yeah, he's got that kind of leading man quality, and he's smooth as silk. Smooth as silk. He's smooth. Smooth. He's smooth. Yeah. He, I, I used to, you know what he is? He, he's an old school. He went, I looked him up and read a bit of, he took off from home at 14, mm. right? In Winnipeg, right? Very and James just hit Dean. the streets. And that's Ooh. what makes him. And he picked up the guitar and he sings kind of ballads. He's a real kind of cutie boy. And he oh, has man. that little mole and it just works for him, right? But he's been working it for years, you know, but I used to take him to the pool hall. He's like a pool shark. He's oh the God. best This guy pool devastates women. I know. Like, he just clears the there table. There are women right? who haven't gotten over it still. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all over the world. But I used to live with him in the house, right? Yeah. And every day in the morning, Tom had a little loft, a few steps up. You know, it was a multi-level kind of house. And his girlfriend would come out every day. To make him coffee. <laughs> she came out in her little house coat. Now there's like six actors in this house. We're all sitting in the living room eating breakfast or whatever. And she, you know, she comes out and we know, oh boy, Tom's getting up soon. And she'd come out and she would make him coffee. And then she would carry it back into the room. And maybe a half hour, 45 minutes later, Tom would come out, you know. And um, and of course, Tom used to have a little band in. This was all in Toronto when he used to hang there a bit. And we did a show for two years prior to that in the theater. And uh, one day she never came out, right? She took off with the drummer. And that broke Tom's heart. That was a sad day, you know. Oh, my God. Turn the tables on Tom. And Tom went back west. Uh, I'd never seen him again, actually, much. Really? Yeah. But uh, she didn't want to make coffee no more. She, she became a tea girl. That's a good lesson for men. You, know, you yeah. can't just have expectations of your partner forever and then right. just expect her to kind of continue to. Uh, good lesson for me, uh, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. All male, you know. You know, look at this whole. Anyway, that was, a, I don't know why I brought that story up. It's probably. The worst Tom Jackson story I could have brought. No, but- here. Well, I got a bit of Tom Jackson's music. Um, oh, cool! Courtesy of Skyler, who is the master Googler. Oh, I don't know if that's a good thing to call anybody, but <laughs> it <laughs> did find- sound a little odd. I don't know. It did no, everyone's coming out now. Everyone's coming out. There he is. There he is. Look at him. Mm. He's smooth. He's smooth, dude. He's well lit and smooth. <laughs> yeah. He is well lit. Are you able to hear this? Yeah, yeah. Stopped only to kiss you, He's like, uh, he's helped the Salvation Army for years. He does an annual show for them and tours Canada and makes you know, all the money Salvation Army needs for the year. He's kind of a big time Canadian hero. I'm digging this. I love it. This is me. This is me driving away in a convertible from every man who's heard it ever left. This is big tune, yeah. It's a good one. I hope you have no regrets. He has a Willie Nelson voice. I think I'm far. Yeah, and I exactly. 
Or who's the guy, Mr. Vegas? He's almost like a Canadian yeah. version of Mr. Vegas. Uh, Wayne Newton. Wayne Newton. Judge me tomorrow. It's a really open sound. I like that. Yeah. I used to play harp with him. Uh, all of our cast used to sing back up for him and stuff. That is so insane. I love, I love that this is his music. I wish they played this when uh, Wesley was having his journey. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been great. Uh, I want to talk about a, f- a couple fun facts from the show, the episode. Uh, one of them is. I'll allow it. In the scene where Wesley follows Lakanta upstairs, a member of the sound department can be briefly seen. And this is the sixth time a member of the production staff was accidentally filmed and appeared in the final episode. And then they proceed to list them, which is so funny and embarrassing for, for those six <laughs> people. Look, the first five were a camera operator, two camera operators, and then an unnamed production staff member. And then they proceed to mention exactly the episodes in which they appear. So it's like a... I would be so embarrassed to be a production staff member in on that list. Um, oh, the second I, thing. I think I see it. Then they say uh, Ronald D. Moore, this is the showrunner, commented, uh, I was the one who pushed to get Wesley out of the Academy and sent him off with the Traveler. I felt that they were, uh, there was a built-in contradiction in a character that we said was like Mozart and his appreciation of higher mathematics. Yet was just this in the same career path as any Starfleet cadet. I didn't get it. If Wes is truly special and gifted, what the hell is he doing in, in, at the helm? Seemed like he was only going to the academy to live up to the memory of his father and the expectations of Picard, not because it was his best destiny. So I love that because um, they, they wanted someone to just walk away from Starfleet and have their own like spiritual journey and follow their path and i love that it's like native people who are who are like hey man you don't need to do this <laughs> well I but think the at whole- the end that that's a whole cop out though at the end when oh they leave when the tom jackson character turns into woody allen for some reason who is that yeah. guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> who is that guy that shows it? <laughs> so this shoots down the whole premise or any kind of I know. Right. I thought I that was not. like a weird turn. That okay, so here's weird. here's how I'm going to explain it in universe. And I didn't like it either. I didn't like it either. either. Nobody likes it. Because we've but, got this established character of Lakanto being like, okay, smooth. I'm coming to you now because like this is the time in your life when I'm supposed to be here and you're supposed to be here for me. And that's great. And then all of a sudden it's not Lakanto, it's this other guy. But I hear, here's what that I'm going to explain. with the, that's weird though. That's really weird. He needed that guy's called the Traveler. The Traveler. He needs more makeup too in this episode, which was he was just patchy. Well, you can tell he came from vacation. I'm going to try to make a few weeks off when he showed up for that stuff. <laughs> I'm going to try to make it okay. More so, than weeks, he's been gone for seasons. Sorry, go ahead. It's Lakanto is is in the show. He's not pretending to be Lakanto the whole time. We see Lakanto be like part of this whole. Um, you know, journey for the tribe. He's part yeah, of Yeah, but the, you never see any other tribal member acknowledge this. Tom that's Jackson because character. he's a spirit who's appearing only to Wesley, I think. They they I think they reference Lakanta. He's a traveler. I think they reference Lakanta like in the when 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 um I forget his name. Antoire is going to Picard and saying, like, you gotta find out about your family because we know about what our family. He talks about his ancestor Lakanta, I think. So I think it's like a ghost. No, you know, I got to tell you, I'm a Native American, okay? So when he snaps into Woody Allen, <laughs> I just think it's some kind of thing like, oh, my God, some, you know, Jewish producer decides, oh, this is the lost tribe, right? There's that potential connection. That's what it said to me. Because, you know, the, the Jewish faith have been on about this lost tribe and they mm. often refer to native americans so uh, i just thought that was a direct correlation Forming i mean i don't connection. know how madness that is but it's hollywood right so it, listen it i don't think you're far in your connections i think that also i'm glad you don't know about the traveler so that you could make this connection because i wouldn't have been able to make it because i know the traveler character and what he does so when I see it, I'm like, oh, they're connecting dots from season one. But when you're seeing it, you're seeing like a whole other group of things that I'm like, <laughs> oh, fuck, this is cool. Um, 
Well, so, but I, I think that the like Woody in, Allen character is not Woody Allen. I mean, it's, it's not it's, Woody, <laughs> but it's like the idea to me is that like this native character who is a, he's not of this, like, he's not living a living person. He's like a, a cos a cosmic traveler also. So I feel like there's something, a relationship between the cosmic traveler of La Canta and the traveler character that we already knew. I feel like they could just like be talking and be like, hey, can I step in and talk to Wesley and then appear? And I don't know. Yeah, but why doesn't LaConta all of a sudden appear as the spirit then? Why oh, is it, right. Well, you're right. And he said, Woody Allen, why, why, why? You're right. So the traveler, the traveler is this kind of, the traveler is this ma- is kind of magical being uh, who holds a lot of secrets from the universe. And this has been established. Stop imagining was, it being Woody Allen. As Woody Allen, I know, it's so funny. I, but he, Wesley. in season one, he's used this wise spirit being who is, is beyond, for this, but. you know, human, humanity. And he tells Wesley. Captain Picard that Wesley is a very special boy and that he needs to be encouraged but not told uh, about it. Basically, it's like you have basically a Mozart in your hands. You need to encourage him to continue to be above average, but you can't tell him he's that because it will ruin his personality. So they continue to encourage him. So he, this is a callback from season one. So the Traveler is a character who's come to finally pick up Wesley years after. But we don't, I don't have the same feeling when Wakanta turns into the guy's dad all of a sudden and Wakanta is no longer there. Right. But Right. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was conjured. I thought he kind of possibly conjured, you know, the discussion about the kid's dad. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that seemed a little more natural. But the one yeah. at the end seemed totally Well, because also it's the end weird. of the episode. So it's like, it does feel like it's the rug is pulled out from under you. Yeah. That's at the I end, of, At the end of the episode to do that. Even though I understand what the traveler is and I understand that it's satisfying to me that they wrap up Wesley's story with the traveler. Why couldn't he just be next to Lakanta? Why does he have to become him? Why can't he be like, I am also here? So I think that even though that's satisfying for me as a Star Trek fan, yeah, I really wanted the Lakanta vision quest to be Lakanta's vision quest. And yeah, they exile Lakanta. And his existence never really existed. Never. Which is. That this discounted that that whole performance, that smooth performance that Tom gave just gets wiped out, I think, to most. I agree with you. I I agree. It's a hard agree on that one. Um, it's a, it's a, that moment was ambiguous to me because yeah, again, I, I feel the same way as you. I'm like, well, well, couldn't they leave it as just. We this should call Tom. <laughs> Let's call Tom Jackson. Okay. He was on the set. You know, that was a very strange fight, too. The whole thing where they freeze the guy after someone gets shot. I don't know yeah. who, who gets shot, but somebody. Uh, and a they, Cardassian. And that whole section was weird. It was like something went wrong with the production. Yeah. And they had to find a way to kind of wrap this all up. Yeah, because the way they walked away from that weird, the way that they both walked away from the fight was just so, like, overly casual. Like, he's like, Wesley's like, what about this group of people that I've become invested in? And he's like, don't worry about it. But and one then of the they actors from the actual scene might say, oh, no, they started to kill the Indians. And then they realized, oh, we can't do that. So. They right. ended up freezing before they started killing the Indians. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, who knows what happened at the end of that episode? But I, yeah, I'd be curious. Room. We need more information. It's true. I, I want to say something fun about Tom Jackson's appearance. And it says, this episode was Tom Jackson's first appearance in any American television production. He regularly appears in Canadian television film and film productions. His only other American television appearance was in Law and Order, Criminal Intent. Yeah. So, yeah, this was his first American. Yeah, he did a Liam Neeson film just a few years ago. I auditioned for it, but he got it. And uh, they shot it up in Calgary. So that's his home territory there. Cool. Yeah. But George uh, Wakasa, he ended up marrying Josie Ann Belasco in 2003. He met her on set in 99 in some, uh, some great movie. 
And uh, she's a kind of a French movie star. Mm. If you look her up and uh, I used to laugh because they did live in the castle. She was very successful and George got swept off his feet and he moved. He's been in Paris ever since. Uh, I looked him up. It seems that he's still there. He hasn't been working much, but uh, you might remember George in Baghdad Cafe. Do anybody remember that old movie? I think I do. Treasure. I didn't watch Another, it. Another dear friend, AP, Aposonaquat, was in that. Uh, I continue to Google. Yeah, the Baghdad Cafe. That was a fun movie. Uh, 1987. 87? Yeah. Oh, good year. Yeah. Oh, and that's Josiane. Josiane Belasco, yeah. She's a famous, uh, I think she's Romanian or something, but she uh, was very successful in Paris. Jack and, Palance. Uh, oh, she worked very with Jack? Cool. Yeah. That's a, I guess it's a Jack Palance movie. Oh, that uh, they Baghdad. met. Oh, Baghdad. Yeah. Jack Palance was the uh, lead character, I guess. One of them. Yeah. There was a couple native characters, like one of the first we'd seen outside of Powell Highway. And uh, that was George Aguilar in Episonaquat, who was a tribal chairman up in uh, Wisconsin. But he still plays Hollywood and very handsome guy, too. I love the 80s for movies. I just am an 80s movie person. I just. Everybody says this is 70s with the like boom of Hollywood where like real creative stuff started happening. But I just lo I love the 80s. Yeah, there was a lot more um, money to be made as an actor in the 80s, too, than mm. you make now. That's for sure. Mm. I used to yeah, make I, I remember uh, making 10 grand a week on some TV movie with Victoria Principal. And, uh, that was a funny movie. <laughs> and if you adjust for inflation, that's pretty good. Yeah. So. Um, I did want to, before we wrap up, I want to talk about the ending of this episode because to me, I was like, I, at the very beginning, I was like, okay, so they have to move the people to a new planet and they're like, because of this war treaty between the Cardassian Federation. <laughs> well, it's Cardassian in the show, but it's Cardassian on Earth. Between the Cardassian and the Federation... And I kind of felt like, why don't they just, if this native group of people who are like, have been bopped around the galaxy for centuries, like, just don't, I'm just like, why do they care if they're under like Federation rule or Cardassian rule? In, the, in, in like my understanding of things, um, native, they, they're not like subject to the laws of the Federation. In essence, they have their own identity and their own laws and their own, or, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's like if the Cardassians come along and they're like, now nah, we're the boss. I feel like the native people are going to be like, sure. <laughs> okay, yeah. you're the boss now. Bye. You know, so yeah. I think the solution was actually the right one. Yeah, the Cardassians are also like uh, quite uh, like it's an untrustworthy, aggressive Race yeah, but, of aliens. So, but here's my and they point sound about like that. they're from the east, don't they? Like they're from Boston or something. Yeah, they're from. They're they got a real from, New York from, feel to that guy, wasn't he? They're from oh, Southie. Yeah. <laughs> All those gold, gold the cats and gold the vex. He looked like he was from Alphabet City. That guy. <laughs> hey, I'm gold the cat. I'm gold the cat. I'm here with gold the wreck, and we're here, you know, clear it out. Um. So. The, do you know what I'm saying though? Like fucking, like I don't know. It's just like, the, yeah. The, maybe the Cardassians are a worse government to live under. But like from a Native American perspective or a Native Indigenous perspective, like any, like, like the the Federation is a stand-in for the West European Anglo government. So like yeah. that's the worst government <laughs> to be under. So like, yeah. Well, maybe we'll try a Kardashian. I was you know also upset, I mean? like. I was upset at Picard. This is my whole. I wanted Picard spiel. to tie himself to a tree or something. Like I wanted Picard to be like, no, shirtless, shirtless. No, this is not happening. And then I love that Wesley ended up doing it. Wesley was like, no, this can't happen. Uh, and I, I hated that they gave him shit for it. I hate that Picard gave him shit. I wanted Picard as a character to make a more radical move to be like, stop all the machinery. The Federation has, needs to renegotiate. Is just not happening. Uh, that's what I wanted. He Picard tried to do. 
I, I wanted him to do it like for real. And then not this like fate weak British attempt. And then uh, I love that Wesley did do it. Wesley was like, fuck this. And then the traveler came along and was like, hey, man, this is walk, walk out of here. And Wesley walked out and I was disappointed by it because I was like, yeah. no. Well, they took the La Canta journey away and now yeah. Wesley's just walking away, which I think it's OK. I think he should stay with the tribe. He just tried well, to get away from his mom. That's what he's trying to do. Give him no personal space, you know. And no personal space. And he wants to break that incestual relationship. So yeah. he's got to. It's toxic. But, hey, man. It's and toxic, then, you know. He's I will trying say, to break the tree of. It is incestuous. It does feel it that is. way. And this is Wesley Crusher's very last appearance in TNG and in all of Star Trek. He only has one more, but it's not, it's like not relevant. So this is very much the last of our beloved Wesley Crusher that we're what seeing. What happens to mom? I'm a, I'm a little sad. Oh, she's fine. She stays on. Well, she's, yeah. She's fine. She needs a guy though or something. Well, she has a thing with Picard that's unresolved. It stays he's, unresolved But he forever. walked right away from her when he had the shot. Mm-hmm. I know. Right at yeah. the end, he walks away from her like, I don't care about you. He doesn't well, love her. It's, it's, con- it's conflict because they're, they're, she's rejected he's the him captain. Too. She's this, the head doctor. She's a medical officer. He can't. Oh, she's a doctor. Yeah, she's the chief she's medical the officer. So yeah. there's like a, a conflict if, if the captain gets involved with a member of his own crew. It's like not really feasible. Yeah. He's tried it and it doesn't work. They've tried well, it. I like then, our, what do you call the Federation? Our Federation here on earth, they don't step in. They don't step in till it's like, they don't bother earth and its operations. They just let them continue to exploit every little dime they can find on earth. And then they're going to go take off. Right. But the Federation doesn't uh, interfere. They let. What federation the, are you talking uh, about? What do you refer to? Well, the real federation, the real outer world. Let's look at the federation like there is other life outside of Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. we have all these sightings and, and, mm-hmm. and stuff and about all the alien activity in the very show that we are producing this year. You know, so there, there's all this, this history of alien contact. And then, right. but and they don't observed. interfere with Earth's operations. They let someone like DT come in and make a fool of everybody, right? And they don't. So, this is so where, I'm saying the Federation interfering. They got a whole series of the Federation interfering with everyone's little life. Meanwhile, it seems like <laughs> the real outer space just lets you dig your own grave, right? Well, that's interesting because that you say that this. because in. Yeah. The Star Trek universe, there's something called the Prime Directive, which is exactly what you say, which is a directive to the entire Federation that you cannot interfere with a society as long as they have not discovered warp space travel. Like, so they can have space travel if they can have space travel, but they can't have a fast space travel that's fast enough to travel outside their own galaxy. It's basically light speed travel. So yeah. if, a, if, a, if a society has not discovered life speed, light speed, they can't interfere with that society at all. But the native community here has discovered light speed because that's how they got to this planet. They moved from Earth. Because they're basically aware of all life on other planets already. So they couldn't, that's the reason that they're talking to them is because they're not, they're not having their minds blown by the existence of, spaceships flying around all the time and it's always to create like to allow those societies to mature and so there's been a lot of episodes in the in the show which are about like oh but this populace of the planet is enslaving another populace and it's fucked up and we should do something because you know and and there's this whole thing where like we kind of can't because they don't know we're watching them like bosnia like bosnia (laughs) but also like what's happening here like you're saying, with our aliens, our, ex- our actual aliens. The aliens watching Earth dig their own graves, they're like, hey, man, we're just coming in for a few exchange- drug exchanges or whatever they do here. <laughs> whatever they do. Maybe they're they're, not- the, the good some, cocaine. Some uh, Tylenol, some uh, ibuprofen. <laughs> it's weird. They don't have Tylenol <laughs> on their planet, and it's crazy, but they don't. 
Just uh, watching where the Advil trucks Maybe go. they just have popcorn. The baby aspirin. They got <laughs> the intake. <laughs> something. They're getting something. Um, but it's true. They don't interfere, right? We, we've we heard of alien contact and uh, outside of Earth, and they just like letting us. Mm. DT elect DT and do the things that we that we've been doing. Only yeah. we are so responsible for it, and yet we do have a show about us going and interfering in other planets. It's it's it is interesting. They must laugh at. They must watch Star Trek and just cackle. <laughs> they must watch Star Trek and like ah, you know, just like, <laughs> so funny to watch. Like poor idiots. It's like watching a show about cats pretend to go to work or something. <laughs> like drive, drive cars like the, made by cats it's so hilarious right the next See? generation on broadway tonight yeah. opens well gary oh, it's been such a pleasure i wish we could go longer but we have to wrap up no this is long enough uh, <laughs> so lot yeah. we agree so what do you um so we can see you on Resident Alien. There's an episode tonight, but the time by the time this airs, it'll be already out. Um, I'm not can, on. I'm not in episode nine. That's tonight, oh, you're not. Right? Okay. I'm well, by 10. the time this comes out, you'll be on ten, and that's the yeah. that'll be the one. Oh, so watch I see. Episode yeah. ten. But is there anything else that you'd like to? Yeah, where uh, else yeah, can we I, find you? Uh, I appear in uh, Rutherford Falls. That's coming out on Peacock. Ooh. I'm in a couple episodes of that with uh, who's the lead guy in that? Ed Ames? No, Ed Ames. Who's that? Ed Ames. Ed Helms. Ed Helms. Yeah. Is that Ed? Yeah, he's Thanks, in there. Thanks, Falls. Thank you. Falls. Quick fingers, yeah. handwrap. And I'm just going off to shoot with uh, Taika. Taika Waititi. You are? Uh, I'm so while excited. he's executive producing, but uh, it's called That's Reservation exciting. Dogs <gasps> on uh, FX. So I'm going to do four episodes of that. Gary. I'm gonna be I'll be all warmed up by the time I see you. Oh, that's Vancouver. awesome. I'm so fucking pumped about that. Reservation dogs. I'm like gonna be I don't yeah, that's the kind of thing that uh, I don't And see we'll enough. bring uh, Veronica in as uh, as Dan Twelve Trees lost daughter. Who's Dan Twelve Trees? Is it a <laughs> character in your show? Wow, she really is not a good friend. No, she's not. So, she doesn't watch their show. She doesn't watch their show. I haven't. I've been moving. It's been real. Yeah, your mom. It's been out for many weeks. Okay. Um, Ten weeks. I'm going to sit you down. I'm going to tie you to a tree and make you watch it. <laughs> no, um, don't make her. The less she knows, the better. Will, the, will there be snacks? And yes, I will watch the show. I'm not. I'm you actually got been major really snacks pumped. on our show. We got oh, yeah. snacks. They never stop with the snacks. I've been so pumped to watch this show and I actually, I'm a little, I know it's important to watch it while it's streaming, but I do like to just Binge. sit down and watch the entire thing. So it'll be good I to will do. be watching. Don't you guys worry about it. You all know I'm fans of Alice. It's ridiculous. So I'm a fan of you. My yeah. Darling. Hola. Hola. Yeah. Bring me in. Um, so watch us on resident alien, watch Rutherford falls and stay tuned for reservation dogs. And then, um, yeah, thank you so much for being here, Gary. Oh, you're my fave, Alice. Keep it up. You're and, my uh, fave. We'll see you at home. See you at home. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. 